G'day, humans. What's good work? Chris Bundy here with Fruity's Alex for another edition of Wrestling All Style. Alex, how you doing, mate? I'm doing fantastic, man. Um, uh, man, I, I had a pretty big weekend. I did some more RSPCA volunteer stuff. Ended up cleaning up a house for a unfortunately passed away old lady. And Aww. the house... The house was abandoned, and it was just full of rubbish. And we're just like going through it because she donated like whatever bird cages and stuff she had to the RSPCA in her will. So, uh, yeah. so I went there and it was like, oh, I get the phone call. It's like, oh, can you give us a hand moving a couple of bird cages? Yeah, no worries. Thirty-two bird cages. <laughs> Um, not exactly a couple. And like, I mean, a couple plus 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, like, going through it, and there's, like, dead rats everywhere. We found a shotgun. Just, like, all sorts of crazy shit. So then we had to get the police involved and be like, hey, get rid of this. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, the firearm laws in Australia and whatnot. Yeah, just like, here, get this away from everyone. Um, yeah, man, it was just quite the experience. So what's been happening with you, man? Not much. Did a stream on the weekend. You popped in. That was fun. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to play online with you, but my internet was like, uh-uh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now I'm hooked on Fall Guys, so thanks for that. <laughs> it's good fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's it it gives me a lot of vibes of like playing Mario Party back in the day, except without the board game elements, it's just the mini games. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just a bunch of mini games just to have fun with. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, me and Alex haven't really spoken other than I think two minutes before I hit record uh <laughs> since Friday. Jeez, that was a stream and a half. Dude. That was nuts. Um, normally, I pop in for like an hour, but I decided, oh, fuck it, I'll watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, Eliza and I got home from a date at a Japanese restaurant that just opened in, well, yeah, just opened in the area, and it's all you can eat. So we went in there, ate all we could eat, and Eliza immediately passes out on the couch when we get home. And goes into a food coma, so I'm like, ah, oh, I'll steal the PlayStation. I'll log on, see what Chris is up to on stream. And yeah, at one point, like that raid that happened with over 100 people coming in. Jeez. Yeah, 113 people. That was uh, unexpected. <laughs> yeah, then me and one of your moderators kept trying to make you cry, which was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it was the most people I've had at once in stream, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, um yeah, it was great, man. It was awesome. You definitely deserve it because you've been putting in the hard yards for quite some time. So let's hope that trend continues. Yeah, slowly getting there. I got a couple of new games as I Mentioned on there, I was playing Persona, and with the first chapter sort of centering around a creepy high school teacher who takes advantage of his students in more ways than one, and what's going on in WWE at the moment, I'm like, no, I don't want to continue playing this, especially after my PlayStation died, (laughs) and I have to start all the way from the start again. Yeah, yours did that thing where data's... The data got deleted. That happened to me late last year. It was the worst. Yeah, so the, the only reason I was able to keep four guys is because it's connected to my Epic account, but everything I've had to go back and reinstall, and thankfully a lot of the games are digital, which is uh, somewhat helpful, but also takes up a lot of room. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, so that. That's what's been uh, going on outside of a uh, podcast. Uh, I suppose we should uh, jump into it and uh, see what happened this week. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know when we're going to squeeze it in, so we might as well just squeeze it in right now. Did you see that Ric Flair's last match opponent got announced? Yeah, so we're two weeks out, and as of uh, last night when I went to bed, it was still unknown who Ric Flair would face. So, uh, drumroll. Alex, can you reveal to us who Ric Flair's last match will be against? Well, they've had this docu-series thing following Ric Flair, and then they had this whole angle after the press conference in the car park where, well, they'd set up that Jay Lethal was upset that he wasn't going to be on the card after helping Ric Flair train for it. And then he basically attacked Ric Flair in the car park. And Jeff Jarrett, like, comes in and is like, Jay, stop it, stop it. And then Ric Flair, whilst he's beaten down, just goes, fuck off, Jarrett, I don't want you here. <laughs> and... Uh, okay. And then Jeff Jarrett goes, oh, okay then. And, and then Jeff Jarrett starts attacking Ric Flair as well. And then, obviously, because it's Ric Flair outside of the WWE, Ric Flair's a bloody mess. Um, And then they announce on the docuseries, uh, Ric Flair says, oh, Lethal Jarrett, I'm going to take you on with my family. And it's going to be Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo versus Jay Lethal and and uh, Jeff Jarrett with Karen Jarrett in their corner. Um, okay, out of all... Out of all the rumoured opponents, out of everyone possible, out of every scenario, including people from the NWA who could have come in, even no hearing... one from the NWA is booked. Ooh, and, oh. um, isn't one of them um the Rock and Roll? Yeah, but he hasn't been on NWA for for a while now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, names I heard rumoured the past week. Um, Sting. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch doing something with Ric Flair challenging for the NWA championship one last time. Yeah. Uh, you had guys like um, Andrade, if you're going a singles match. You had names like Rock and Roll Express uh, teaming against Flair and uh, FTR in Flair's corner or rock and roll in Flair's corner, so it's like this old guard against this new guard of FTR and someone. Yeah. I even heard the rumour of FTR because they're holding just about every tag champ and Trevor Murdoch against Flair and rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, I heard rumours once one of the, um, the rock and roll got announced for the undercard of them doing something to change it to FTR and rock and roll on the undercard, but I don't think that's happening. No, it's not. They're doing a, what they're calling a legacy match on the undercard, where it's Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton with Robert Gibson in their corner against Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson in their corner. Well, that That's cool. Yeah. Um, this matchup of... And it's not like Lethal and Sanjay Dutt or Lethal and, um, oh, who's the big Indian guy who teams with um, Lethal in AEW Ring of Honor? Uh, uh, Satnam Singh. Yeah, Singh. So it's yeah. not even those guys. It's Lethal and, oh, we're going to get uh, Jeff Jarrett out of nowhere. <laughs> Well, Jeff Jarrett was a big part of the press conference they did because it's in Nashville, and Jeff yep. Jarrett basically helped, like, book the place. But here's the thing, too. Isn't Jeff guest referee for Uzos and um, Street Profits the day before for WWE? Yep. So given he's still with WWE... George Hamish. <laughs> and um <laughs> It's your dog for a change. Yay. Yeah. And um 
Yeah, that he's still with WWE. He's in a corporate position whilst um, Vince is gone. He's high ranking. Yeah. He's also going to do this. And the fact you said his family, I thought for a moment, given we uh, discussed WSW last week, it was going to be, and my family, Conrad Thompson. <laughs> Man, um, they should probably come out with Conrad in the corner, right? To combat Karen Jarrett. <laughs> Um, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, oh, what's David Flair up to? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing I heard. Like, oh, it's going to be, if it's not Sting and FTR, it's going to be David Flair and FTR. And I'm like, you know what? That'd be cool just to see just for the hell of it. Have you seen David Flair these days? Is he looking rough? Uh, let's just say uh, him and Conrad definitely look like brothers now. Ah, I see. <laughs> He's Fair a big enough. boy. He's a big boy. Um, but, my God, um, the, the thing that needs to be pointed out about this match for Ric Flair's last match, you've got two AEW-contracted people, a WWE-contracted person, all going at it in a ring. So this is kind of a first. Yeah, another another first. We had the uh, the stuff on Impact. We had the stuff of John Cena's return. Yeah. And now this. Yeah, this is the flare bitten door. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that? But, yeah, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Jeff Jarrett being in this makes sense because for like ever since he started his podcast, he's been like having this argument with Conrad. And this whole match is completely set up for those people that obsessively listen to Conrad's podcast. The whole build up for it is set up like that because it's been like. Jeff Jarrett for the past year being like, oh, no, I was a real member of the Horsemen in 97. And then Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Conrad all say, no, you weren't a real Horseman. Shut up. And Jeff Jarrett being like, no, I was actually a Horseman. And they've just been, like, going at it for the past year on their podcast about how Jeff Jarrett wasn't a real Horseman or whatever. And that's kind of set up. Jarrett wanting to go after Flair. And then they've been setting up for the past couple of months that Jay Lethal and Ric Flair had heat. <laughs> but here's the storyline issue with this. Yeah. Ric Flair couldn't find a spot on the card for Jay Lethal. So that's why Jay Lethal got hot at Ric Flair. <laughs> Only for Jay Lethal to be in the main event. So what would happen if Jay Lethal didn't get hot at Ric Flair in storyline-wise? I guess he would have gone, hey, Jared, you're walking through this car park. I guess I'll just fight you. Like, there's no... So, like, storyline-wise, kayfabe-wise, they didn't have an opponent ready for Flair at all? And I think this is why I haven't brought this pay-per-view and probably won't, because... <laughs> I'm I'm sure if you're a listener of Conrad's um, podcast network, you're like, yeah, this is so great. But this isn't centered around a podcast. This is centered around a $100 pay-per-view that I believe is still on sale at Fight, Alex, that you need to buy if you're watching this while it's on sale. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'd rather keep the free. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about this is that the docu-series they've been doing, they've yeah. totally lent in to, like, they've totally leaned into fans thinking Ric Flair's going to die in the ring. And they've kind of, like, without outright saying it, they've just, like, alluded to, yeah, it might happen. <laughs> what? They're like, oh, 
if Flair's going to go out, this is how he wants to go out. <laughs> that seems stupid and tasteless considering, oh, I can't remember the name. We saw a Mexican wrestler pass away in Paraguay. No. It wasn't Paraguay. I can't remember in, who. That was in Mexico. Yeah, um, but but given we have seen <laughs> that sort of thing, I mean, Masala. Yes, there's a there's a um one that definitely comes to mind. It's who's in charge of the docu series, Conrad? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a really good docu series. Like it's really well done. They speak to so many people. Um, yeah, lots of people from the prime Jim Crockett promotions era, but. Yeah, there there is a subtle undertone of like trying to get you to expect there could be a death. There's just that little hint. There was like they brought in like a eighties NWA referee, Tommy Young, to talk about the match and and he's like, Oh, I think I know why Rick's why Rick wants to do this. I don't want to say it, but I think I know why. Oh, goodness. Another reason yeah. why I'm not buying this pay-per-view. <laughs> I um, mean, I mean, yeah. Andrade and Jay Lethal, like, good luck to him. Jeff yeah, Jarrett but- looks like he's in great shape, so he could probably still go. Ric Flair on the docuseries says, oh, everything I'm going to do in the ring is going to look a little slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cool, I'm sold. <laughs> Why? I mean, are they presenting the docu-series kind of like those old UFC countdown shows? Before? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's exactly okay. like a countdown show. Because I'm like, why would you have Flair say that he's old and slow? <laughs> he's like, he's like, like, oh, that I'm... the post-pay-per-view documentary. He's like saying, like, oh, I'm in... I'm in as good of a cardiovascular shape as I've ever been, but I'm just going to be a little slower in the ring. So I'm going to try to get quicker. Fair enough. Okay. Um, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so Jeff said? Jarrett, the fucking cockroach of wrestling strikes again, who snuck his fucking way into another, another fucking promotion. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I'll be interested to see photos of the set and, um, I suppose, uh, video highlights, but I'm not spending money on this pay-per-view. Nah, probably This reads of TNA incompetence because it's two weeks out and you're charging people... Well, it's on sale on Fight Now for 30, but at one point you're charging people 100 Australian for the pay-per-view alone. A ridiculous amount for the bundle... Yeah, like it is a piece of wrestling history, but at the same time, I go, Flair retired in whatever era of um, WCW, and Alex will remember this off the top of my head before um, the last Nitro when he was playing a commissioner role. He retired in ring before then. What was his yeah. last match then? Oh gosh, that was in two thousand. I think it was against. It was against the fucking what are they called? The new blood. Okay. Um, um has, but before he, that that he yeah. had a retirement in ninety nine. And before that he had a retirement in ninety four. Uh he technically retired in ninety seven for a bit too. <laughs> um Technically, he retired in in seventy seven or something after the plane crash. Oh yeah, yeah, the plane <laughs> crash. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and then of course we go uh, forward. We go to the last match on Nitro two thousand one, which he says he regrets not being in ring shape, wearing a Nitro uh, t shirt against Sting. Yeah. And then you fast forward today, and Sting wears a Sting shirt in most of his matches. Yeah, but. Sting's good. <laughs> um, um, and yeah. then, so we have the uh, the uh, 
the Sting match on Nitro. Flair comes back and he's pretty active up until that that um career threatening run where he gets to go in the Hall of Fame. The last who, match against Shawn Michaels. Who was Ric Flair's first opponent after Sting? Was it Triple H? It was old VKM himself. Oh, Vince. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because they started feuding over control of the company because they were co-presidents or something. God. <laughs> the consortium is me. <laughs> Again, you have flair for the invasion, and that makes it another day, another day. Yeah, they um, had flair. They bring him the day after the invasion. <laughs> Fuck off. So, yes, you have a Flair's last match in WWE against Michaels at that WrestleMania where he has all his kids ringside and you can see a young Charlotte and there's also Reed there. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to an Australian tour. <laughs> <laughs> his first match against uh, Hogan in Sydney is reportedly really good. There is video of it, fan cam-wise, online. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. But uh, okay. the rest of the uh, tour, I can't remember which one of them it is, but one of them gets injured night one, and the rest of the tour is pretty much just Flair bleeding in a lot of their matches. <laughs> uh, so we go from there, that being Flair's last match. He goes to TNA to mentor AJ Styles, and that leads to Flair getting back in the ring <laughs> for matches. He had matches against some fucking people you would never expect Ric Flair to ever have a match against in 2010, 2011. Which leads to his final match in 2011 against Sting. Which is why many people thought this uh, come out of retirement for one last match ever. Say no more, maybe. I don't know, it's John Farnham. (laughs) Against Sting was the... uh, People's favourite. If you were uh, on a, whatever it is, the UK company that takes wrestling bets, I'm sure that would have been the heavy favourite of a uh, Sting in a singles match. But uh, or Sting and Derby against Flair and Andrade. But uh, no, <laughs> no Sting, no uh, yeah. Swan song for those two legends of WCW. Yeah, I- I'm kind of thankful for that, to be honest. Leave Sting the memories and... alone. Yeah, yeah. Leave the memories alone. Um, couldn't say it better. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but much like a Ricky the Dreamboat Dragon uh, turned this down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Dreamboat. Yes. Uh, he turned this offer down, so uh, we have this instead. Uh, as my neighbours begin to mow their lawn. Bloody hell. I can't now, hear it. Oh, excellent then. So we shall uh, get into the rap itself then. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only major news this past week other than G1. Anything else to add, Alex? Uh, nothing. Nothing else to add. Uh, actually, Matt Cardona says that Hungry Jacks is better than Burger King. Yes, that is true. Yep, so that's that's huge news. <laughs> he also well, the- He also said on his podcast... He's contemplating moving to Australia because it's the first time in his career that he completely sold out of all of his gimmicks. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't so, be opposed to like a, a, a summer of Cardona run in Australia going around like EPW, PWA, MCW. Just going to say, you, ha- you have to do Matt Cardona versus Cracker Jack and Joel Bateman, like the deathmatch guys of Australian wrestling. I would like to see... <laughs> I would love to see Cardona come out at um, Wrestle Rock to have a match against Crackers. Yeah. And you've got to have just JXT calling out Cardona on Mayhem. And you do yeah. the old classic, lights go out, Lights come back on. He's staring at the entranceway, but he's behind him. Oh, my God, it's Cardona. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, JXT, Cardona, I don't care. I want that fucking match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and okay. JXT is having one last match before he goes for ACL surgery. 
this he weekend. Is. Yeah, he's Ooh. having one more match. It's against, against. Um, Tommy Hellfire or Ooh. whatever. Well, Tommy Hellfire is having a career resurgence because he was on maths. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so like Tommy Hellfire is getting booked everywhere. I believe Mayhem Pro are presenting a show called This is so great because this reminds me of when me and Warwick Thompson and one of our other friends used to create our own UFC pay-per-views on the PlayStation and we'd like give them stupid names. Like uh, Merry Fistmas was one of the shows. Um yeah, there was just other shit. Um, so the Mayhem show this weekend is Married at First Fight. Yeah, and it's in that red maths <laughs> font too. Yeah, so, um, you know, humans out there, go check it out. Watch it for me. Yeah, Australian wrestling does have a, a pretty good uh, connection to reality TV. We have uh, Matty Warburg on Australian Survivor. We have... Um, Tommy Hellfire on maths. We have, oh, I forget the name of the actual competitor from um, PCW, but they were on Love Island. Yeah, that's right. We've had, um, oh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Aria from MCW was on uh, Are You The One? I didn't know that. I don't even know what that show is, but yeah. <laughs> um, if you've watched SBS and it's the uh, dating show with like 24 girls and one guy. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, the Aussie version of that. There's a few other wrestlers around who have been on various other reality H TV shows. PWA were on Beauty and the Geek or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, one of the uh, Twitch streamers I follow was on that season. <laughs> Oh, did nice. the wrestling challenge, yes. Nice. Um, but, yeah, Aussie wrestling and reality TV go hand in hand. Uh, yes, man. So, enough about that. Shall we get to Raw? Oh, I've been trying to delay it, but all right. Raw from San Antonio, Texas. Remember the Alamo. <laughs> uh, goodness. Uh, it's, uh, uh, what, what would Kip James and BG James say? Hickenbottom, the best. <laughs> we'll meet you at the Alamo. <laughs> Old Voodoo Kin Mafia. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's why when you said VKM before I took a second, yeah. I'm like, Voodoo Kin Mafia? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, raw results here. Finn Balor defeats Rey Mysterio. Carmella defeats Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship, but it's by count out, so Belair retains. A tag team match of AJ Styles and Ezekiel defeat Champa and Miz by DQ. Uh, we continue on to see Alexa Bliss and Asuka defeat Dewdrop and Nikki ASH. A six-man tag where the Uzos and Omos, who had MVP in their corner, defeat the team of R-Truth and Street Profits. And in your televised main event, Bobby Lashley and Riddle defeat Seth Rollins and Theory. Wow. <laughs> How hey, at least we had at least we had no one frying up on national TV this week. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna puke. <sighs> I mean that's an improvement in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not saying the bar's very high, but at least they didn't trip on the uh the door frame this week. <laughs> yeah, um is it surreal to think that we're building up to AJ Styles teaming up with Logan Paul at SummerSlam? No, no, that, that's going to happen. It's just odd, man. No, no matter how good AJ Styles is, and, like, WWE, like, stands on Twitter, like, oh, AJ Styles one of the best of all time. Can you really say that he's been booked like it for the past two years? Like... I'm just looking at I this would, roster now. I can I see... Say, Go on. I would say AJ hasn't been, 
like booked as a top star since the Boneyard match. I can see three people on this card who are booked, like, as you said, booked well in the last two years. That is the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, and Bianca Belair. Uh, Lashley? Lashley's had his ups and downs. He has Uh, been mostly up, though. I will give you that. Riddle. Uh, I Riddle mean, as well, yeah. Riddle has been strongly featured every week. Like, he is super strongly featured. Um, yeah, but besides that, yeah, <laughs> your point is proven. And Raw still being three hours, this dragged. There, There is, like, nothing I remember from this show going out from it. If I don't take notes, Raw, I find, is just very forgettable. Yeah, um, this main event reminded me of the fact that, do you remember when Austin Theory was a, was a disciple of Seth Rollins for a minute? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, do you remember when Austin Theory was a member of the way? It was, do you remember? <laughs> Fuck, all right, we're going to do... Do you do, remember? Do you remember... When Austin Theory was a part of, like, basically Raw's version of Lost Faction Inga Bernables, where it was um, Andrade, Zelina Vega, uh, Angel Gaza, and Austin Theory as a stable. <laughs> early, pan- <laughs> early pandemic 2020 Raw's, man. <laughs> that's yeah that's when he went up to raw because he left the way and johnny and candace were putting up the missing posters in nxt wow and then austin theory left them to join up with seth rollins and he was originally one of the first disciples of seth rollins when he was doing that gimmick and then he disappeared back to nxt and then joined the way do you know yeah. the way Yes. How is how is Indy Hartwell the only surviving member of that group? Uh, surviving is a very loose term there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, raw, thumbs down as ever. Drop an hour in your neck TV negotiations, please. Yeah, six beers. Great show. All time, I know. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite. Fighter Fest. Night one. Savannah, Georgia, and Market Arena, did you watch? Uh, I did, yes, I did. Good boy, okay. Um, I will say, we're what, about a month into this experiment of Jim Ross doing the second hour. I don't hate it, but we don't need to play Jim Ross's music on the broadcast yeah, every yeah, week. Right? Like, like, and I thought, oh, this is just a fight thing. But I'm listening to, like, um, John and Way and The Observer and Sunday Night's Main Event, and they're in North America, and they're saying the same thing on the Canadian and the um, United States broadcast. Yep. They still have Jim Ross's music play. I'm like, I don't mind this for fight because it's picture and picture and commercial. You're yeah. going to have something recorded. Fine, we'll track the live feed back on instead of um, the logo. Yeah, but that'd you're doing be fine. You're doing this for your TV portion. You don't need to do it every week. I liked when they were doing it on the pay-per-views. It's like, oh, last-minute buy-in. You know, here's Jim Ross. Oh, sweet. Okay. Thing to yeah. get. And it makes the live crowd more lively as you're reading off the rest of the card before and, you and, go into the pay-per-view. And you look at the very end of this episode of Dynamite, there was clearly timing issues because... They had to rush to get the belts to the people that won them. Yeah. So they could quickly hold up the belts before they went, before they ended the broadcast, and they barely got that in. They didn't even hold up the belts. They got them in each hand, and they sort of got them to about shoulder height, and it went black. It went yeah. black on the fight feed, so I don't know how um, early they cut off on the North American feeds for yeah, television. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, 
Like, if only they didn't waste bloody a minute each episode on JR coming out. It's not like when Nitro swapped over every hour for different commentators, they did a whole big elaborate entrance for Larry Zabisco coming out. (laughs) That's what I was also going to bring up. Nitro (laughs) used to swap commentators for the top of the hour, which is what I like. They're, They're borrowing from history a lot, but... Save the Jim Ross entrance broad for the broadcast portion when you are going from uh, buy-in to pay-per-view. Yeah. And if Jim Ross isn't doing uh, the whole pay-per-view, don't do it on the um, the pay-per-view portion. Have your video package play or yeah. like an, a commercial and do it for the live crowd. Just cut uh, so, to him like just sitting down at the desk. Yes, exactly. Yeah. For the broadcast. Just cut to him. Hour two, we're joined by JR. Oh, it's great to be here. It's going to be a slobber knocker. Yeah, that's, that's what, all you need. That's what they used to do on Nitro was at the top of each hour, they would cut to the commentator's desk, cut to him, and they'd do a rundown of what's happened and what's going to happen. That's all yeah. you have to do. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so we go to results here. TNT Championship match, Wardlow. Defeats Orange Cassidy, who had uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Barreto ringside. An interim AW World uh, title eliminator match that saw John Moxley defeat Takeshka in 13-13. Really good match. Only argument would be this sort of came out of nowhere. And, like... Takeshita's such a babyface. He's such a babyface. The crowd's into him. Why is he only getting booked against other baby faces? I'm not sure. That is a good point. Uh, we yeah. had a Luchasaurus with Christian Cage beats the shit out of Griff Garrison, then beats the shit out of Pillman Jr., then tries to put him through a table. It doesn't break. He grunts. He puts Pillman, choke slams him on the Griff to break the table. <laughs> so good. I'm loving this whole Christian Luchasaurus thing. It's great. You just wait until Lucha Boy gets back and whether he calls himself Lucha Boy or this <laughs> is the time where he changes his name to um Jack Perry. Jack Perry and uses Lucha Boy as a moniker, much like For fuck's sake, it's Europe. jungle it's jungle boy. What did I say? Lucha Boy, like three times. <laughs> <laughs> jungle Boy, much like sixty cent year old uh, Shawn Michaels still uses Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> I'm we just had... a jungle boy. Jungle boy. <laughs> <laughs> we had Claudio Castanoli defeating Jake Hagar in 11.32. Really good match. Chance of we the people throughout. Yeah. Uh, we, we see Serena Deeb make quick work of Anna Jay in a sort of more back and forth match than I expected. Serena beating down Anna Jay post-match and Mercedes Martinez runs down for the save, setting up their Ring of Honor win- women's world title match, sorry. And in your main event here, we see a three-way, triple or nothing AEW World Tag Team Championship match that sees Team Taz, the challengers, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, along with Swerve in Our Glory, the challengers, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, versus the Young Bucks, the champions, Matt and Nick Jackson with Brandon Cutler. Uh, this goes 18-14. And, you know, I thought if there's going to be a title change, it's going to be to the team who weren't pinned at the last pay-per-view in the freeway title match. <laughs> and there's a title change. but it's, There he is, right on cue. But it's to the team of Swerve in our glory. And to me, yes, both guys are talented, but it's like, they don't need more wins and championships to go to a breakup. You can go to the breakup already. Yeah. Um, my biggest issue with AEW is sometimes, well, a lot of the time, they just drag out stories for way too long. Yeah, and that's a, another thing we'll get to in a moment. Um, yeah. This match was your Young Bucks match. For whatever reason, AEW loves doing three-way tag matches but they evolve into 
uh, Texas Tornado freeway matches, and it's just like either enforce tags and two men at a time, or just go, fuck it, young bucks are going to defend under Tornado rules. Everyone yeah. in. We can knock some people off the apron early so it's only a few people in at a time. Yeah. Or have free men legal, like sometimes WWE and um, different indie shows do, like TNA's done a few times in um, tag matches where it's like one member of each team's legal and you can only tag in your own team member. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great match, great Young Buck-style match. It's just, yeah, that's my only nitpick. They were stretch for time especially towards the end there for me if i was doing a title change i would have put on team taz that allows the the friction between swerve and our glory to build you could have had keith lee going for like a big move he's got it he's backing into the corner to like do a pounce or something swerve tags himself in there's dissension uh somebody throws keith lee out they hit swerve with a big move team taz or bucks win yeah to me, they don't need these titles. Speaking of titles, and I know I mentioned this to you in uh, Twitch chat, I love what they did with the follow-up with Puck, you know, the sit-down interview was well lit. Was <laughs> Even though it was on video, you had Jim Ross there conducting it. He's really good at those sit-down interviews. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck are they doing with this title? Oh, man. Um, they yeah, shouldn't... you can't tell that sarcasm. No sit-down interview. <laughs> They shouldn't be putting it on someone that can't be there. That's not my problem. If you want this title to act as a um a bridge to your indies and air these matches on dark, that's fine. You can't what block out thirty minutes like in a back room once Pack had won this title to tape like a few different vignettes to air on dynamite or rampage yeah we got a 30 second highlight clip and excalibur telling us to go watch this on dark and then jericho (laughs) came out to the ring for like five minutes and then kingston complains all he gets is like 30 seconds to reply to jericho in their shark cage match for next week and no it's not the nwa you must uh both be in a shark cage and fight to get out of the shark cage match uh, Jericho Appreciation Society will be locked in a shark cage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, other than, go on. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm hoping someone, like probably like Matt Menard or something, does the classic old school shark cage spot of getting a blood nose because they're up too <laughs> high and they're afraid of heights. I just, uh, I just recall like, Jim Cornette doing that back in the day. I had, oh, this is such a random thing. I had a random VHS tape when I was younger from like the new generation era. And on there was a Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum match. And Jerry Lawler was suspended above in a shark cage. And they had Jerry Lawler mic'd up and he started getting a blood nose and he's like terrified of heights. I hope. Someone does that because that's such a great gimmick. Oh boy. Um, other than that, enjoyable episode of um Dynamite. Thumbs up for me. Just yeah, if you're doing this um All Atlantic title as sort of a, a a bridge to the indies, at least put the um foresight in there to tape interviews with your champion because this is what three weeks removed. And yeah. the first thing we get is poorly lit 30-second clip of Puck defending at RevPro. Yeah. Like, even if Puck had taped something on his phone, just a promo and sent it in, and you put in like a still photo of him defending at RevPro or splice that in over the top of him speaking, yeah, that means more than just showing us that footage. Um, Yeah. Lone nitpick there. Do better with that title. Yeah. Okay. Smack it down. We fight on Friday night, Schmuckal. Coming <laughs> to you from Florida. Hey, not that far from uh, JBL in the Bahamas. <laughs> not actually if you uh, look up your uh, geography. But we uh, go 
go hear reported dark matches. Are you ready, Alex? Yeah, I, I have no idea about this. Raquel Rodriguez defeats Sonia Deville and Los okay. Leferios defeat the team of Ricochet and Drew Gulak. Oh, God. Remember hey. that report that came out where it was like, oh, Ricochet slated to be one of the next top baby faces on SmackDown? Well, speaking of top baby faces, wasn't it emotional when Lacey Evans returned and she was talking about her struggles? Oh. But now somehow she's a heel. Yep. It's <laughs> fucking company. Uh, SmackDown women's contenders match where Liv Morgan defeated Natalia. A singles match where McIntyre defeated Ridge Holland, who had Butch and Sheamus in his corner. Madcap Moss defeats Fury uh, by DQ. Angelo Dawkins with Montez Ford defeats Jimmy Uso with Jay Uso in their corner. And your reported main event dark match was Riddle defeating Omos via DQ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sums up my thoughts on SmackDown too. Yep. Yeah. It happened. Are you, are you not entertained? <laughs> I can't even remember who used to say that. Was that Seamus? Seamus used to say that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was not entertained by Ridge Holland. <laughs> no, no, or poor Butch. What about Madcap Moss and Fury going 11 minutes to end in DQ? Oh, God. They did some good promos back and forth with, like, Heyman and um, Austin Theory and then Heyman and Madcap Moss of, like, Heyman trying to convince, like, Austin Theory to not cash in on Roman after the match at SummerSlam. And he's like, and I know and you know that we know. <laughs> it's just this, like, stupid wordy thing that he'd said. Uh, so good. Um, oh, is good, though. Yeah, and then he, like, goes... After, like, Austin Theory knocks him back, he goes to uh, Madcap Moss and tries to convince, like, Madcap Moss how big of a deal it would be for, like, Madcap Moss to completely injure Mr. Money in the Bank and how grateful Roman Reigns would be and Roman Reigns would happily give Madcap Moss a title match if he did such a thing. So good. Why isn't uh, Heyman going around to Sami Zayn to get him to uh, interfere in this match and to take out Fury? Well, isn't he an honorary oos? Well, then Sami Zayn like came out at one point after the match to like talk shit to Theory, and then <laughs> and then Theory's like, "Oh, what are you gonna do?" And then the Usos came out and backed up Sami Zayn, and like. It was totally set up for the Usos to get cheered like baby faces. <laughs> so it's like real weird. It's really weird. Yeah. But uh, speaking of what we talked about at the start of this show, who was the special guest referee they announced for SummerSlam? That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-E-W-T. Ha <laughs> ha. Slap nuts. Yeah, such a good song. Such a good song. You should give him Uh, that theme on Fugs. Huh? You should give him that theme on Fugs. Okay, okay. (laughs) Uh, Thumbs down, Smackdown. Did you make time for Rampage taped uh, from Savannah, Georgia? Fighter Fest, night two. I did. I did, actually. Okay, so we have uh, Kings of the Black Throne with Julia Hart in their corner, defeating Dark Order members Reynolds and Silver. The Ring of Honor World Title match that went on second. I thought they were going to save this for the uh, the main event, but they're putting on a lot of the uh, Ring of Honor stuff early in the uh, Rampage. So we saw Gresham with Tully Blanchard defeat Lee Moriarty, who had Matt Seidel ringside. Athena and Chris Statlander defeated uh, Chantel and Robin Renegade in 25 seconds. Um, yeah, that match was what it was. Jesus. I didn't realize it was that quick. Yeah. And in your televised main event, Lucha Bros, Pentro Oscar and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes defeat Private Party 
Isaiah Casti and Mark Quinn, who had Andrade Aoidolo and Jose the assistant ringside. I mean, for me, I would separate private party as quick as I can from these guys. I would. I feel so bad for private party because they had so much potential when AEW first started. And then they got put with Matt Hardy and they've just been shit ever since. I think it wouldn't have been a problem if it was like Matt Hardy and those two guys, but then it became Matt Hardy and those two guys and TH2 and Butcher and, Butcher and, and Blade, the Blade and, and the Bunny. Yeah. So oh. it became this oddball collection of freaking everyone yeah. and that theme. So annoying. Yeah. Um it's just like, oh, it's job squad. Oh, it it's it's the switch off this show alarm. Yeah. I I think what they started when they sorry, when they started with Private Party and Matt Hardy, it was Matt mentoring these guys and them sort of going oh, we're going to try to make these our Hardy Boys in AEW. They're going to be, like, a great tag team. But what since our initial tag team tournament and maybe one challenge against SCU, they haven't really done much. No. Yeah. I mean, no. I think I think it would work well for them to get away from Andrade and hopefully Andrade forming loss... Uh, Los Faction in Gobla Nables is yeah. going to um move him away from those guys. Who else would would you have Andrade bring in? Like Bandito? Bandito, I mean I'm just trying to think who who the other sort of Bandito probably not because Bandito's a very um He's a, a good baby face. face. Yeah. yeah. Luchador. Um, the only other one I could think of is if you wanted to turn Lucha Bros fully heel and have them join. Like how he's I been in the of them for a while. I would contemplate like putting Penta with them and not putting Phoenix with them. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, um, keep Phoenix a baby face. Penta's probably better as a heel, so <laughs> yeah. Hang on, as I just try to um bring this up, if it is. Oh, hang on, I know how I can do this because we've just talked about rampage, so I'll go to here and see if um loss in faction and goblin nobles. Ah, uh, there we are. So I should be able to go here. I can go to rush, then I can go. As I'm just trying to look up who was in the um the ring of honor one, Dragon okay. Lee. Ryu Lee, um, that'd be a good fit. Uh, La Bestia Del Ring. Yeah, not that familiar. No, but uh, Dragon Lee, yeah. You've got access to him. He does do a lot of work in New Japan as well. Um, Oh, what's La Sombra up to? Is he available? (laughs) You smart ass. Yeah, and then through the... Through that, hopefully. Oh, do... What about Marco Corleone? Oh, retired. Mark Jindrak, man. Yeah, I would say <laughs> no. But um, yes, for for Rush and um, Rush and Andrade. Dragon Lee, aka Ryu Lee, depending what continent he's on. <laughs> yeah. I think would be a really good fit. It also is like the um the biggest member from Ring of Honor, who I'm not sure if he's uh, gone back down to Mexico or not. Mm. It says here he's still a freelancer. Uh, I'll just have a quick look at his match history. And he's working for AAA. Right. Okay. So well, that, they get, they've got a tie-in, so yeah. So that would be an easy tie-in there, and he does go over the best of the Super Juniors occasionally. Yeah. So that that would be a good tie-in. Um. Yeah. 
as we go from there, do you want to discuss the uh, first two nights of um, G1? Because I forgot to put my picks in this year. I'm not sure. If so you did I. Okay. So did I. Yeah. And I honestly, like, know one thing that happened. I didn't watch it. So I'm happy to listen to this for the first time, find out okay. what happened. We might save this to later then, because I thought you had watched it. I know the first two nights are free on New Japan World. Yeah, I'm yet to watch it. I've just been struggling for time, but I did hear who Yano beat. Oh, boy. So we'll uh, get to that later then. Uh, Just as we were discussing last week, I do not like the new block format of seven participants in a block in four blocks. It's a big field. I get that. 14 times two is 28. Yeah. So you've got eight more competitors than last year. You have people taking more breaks than they would because it's only like one block match from each block a night. And then there's a period of like uh, four or five matches in a show where it's like two blocks, uh, two matches from block A, then one from B, one from C, one from D. And it um, like cascades down. So the next night there's two from B, the following night two from C, the next night two from D. Yeah. But, I would have rather had 10 from A, so you have five matches night A, 10 from B, five matches from on night B, and then you have your Young Lions block, your, which you can call your Young Lions Cup or your, um, your C block of Young Lions, which has Young Lions from the New Japan Dojo, the Los Angeles Dojo, and the um, Farley Kiwi Dojo. Yeah. Yeah, that'd make a lot more sense to me. Um, anything else before we sign off? Uh, no, no. Um, honestly, not a very big week in wrestling, thank fuck. Next week, we have Jeff before Dishonor and more G1. Yes. And then the yes. week after that, we have uh, SummerSlam and Ric Flair last match, possibly. <laughs> Never yeah. say never. It's the final tour, John Farnham. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who's the only wrestler that comes to mind when you think retirement match isn't a retirement match? Um, Terry Funk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Terry Funk. Uh, to a lesser extent, it's got to be Mick Foley. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm retiring possibly. forever a month later. I'm main eventing WrestleMania. <laughs> Is that big man in every corner match where you go on the network and the pay-per-view poster still has Jericho and not Foley? Uh, yeah, yeah. Poor Jericho. <laughs> um, so what's the, um, before we just start off, what's the brief story behind why Jericho's on the poster and Foley came out of retirement? It was meant to be Jericho at first, but not enough tickets were sold, so they thought they'd try to bring Foley in. Oh, I thought he might have been injured or something. No, Jericho was on that card. He had a triple... What get moved to? He had a triple threat match with He Who Shall Not Be Named and Kurt Angle. It was actually a banger, obviously. It was a... Yep. It was for the European and Intercontinental title match. Oh, is that the two falls match? The two falls, yeah. I think... Yeah, I've um, not seen that since I've watched it. It's a really good match, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, old mate's in it. Um, yeah. And Jericho wins the European belt. And he who shall not be named wins the Intercontinental belt. And Kurt Angle loses both of his belts, but he never <laughs> got pinned in either fall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good good storytelling. Yeah, All right. Kind of. So, uh, what's been yeah. going on on the Smack of Down podcast? Uh, well, as we speak, as we are recording this on a Tuesday morning, a new episode has just dropped. Um, Ooh. Uh, yeah, so we've got a new episode up. It is called uh, Beach Breaks, and you'll uh, have a listen and listen to my co-host Corey Gold talk about his escapades on the beach. Um, 
as I like to say, it is not the most PC of podcasts we do. We do make some jokes that might offend people, but in a non-cancelable way, just, yeah, you know, crossing the line a little bit. I go into great detail about me um, going through that house over the weekend. <laughs> like, great, great, disgusting detail. So uh, um, have lunch first, let it sit for a few hours, and then go listen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey talks about um, getting a concussion and in footy and then going on a date with a chick on the beach and uh, getting it done, so to speak. Um, and, yeah, obviously uh, we may have made a few inappropriate wrestling tie-in jokes as soon as we heard him mention the word concussion. And yeah. some someone said, oh, well, you shouldn't have gone for that headbutt. Um, but that's about as close as I'll tiptoe the line on this one, on this podcast. But, yeah, it's honestly one of our best podcasts we've done, so we're really getting into a groove. So check us out at Sid underscore pod. Search up Smack It Down podcast wherever you find your pods. Um, but most importantly... You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruity is Alex. Put me over. Um, you can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. And you can find Chris at... at I'm Chris Funder. Come tell me why Evil is going to win the G1. God, okay. fuck off. Don't put that in the universe, man. Okay, we'll just uh, timestamp this, and as soon as it happens, I'll be to blame. Um, you can come watch me game on Twitch uh, playing Four Guys, and I'm not sure what I'm going to be playing on Thursday, so I might take this Thursday off and then come back, but I have a few new games. Twitch.tv slash Chris Funder. Uh, you can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but g'day, and we'll speak to you next time. Screen. Um, all it says is that I'm recording. That's good. Can you see my video? No. Doesn't say that there's you're sharing video. Ah, uh, well, fuck it. Well, that uh, didn't work. I was trying to show you that over the weekend, I went back home, found a toy replica title. <laughs> and it was um, from when I was like 20 and walked into a Kmart and saw her toy replica title and it was the silver ECW belt oh nice yeah the Mark Henry ECW belt I was like I saw that in the shed at home I was like ah oh, you know what I better take that because I'm hardcore I'm hardcore Oh, hang on, there's the video. Oh, he's disappeared in the thin air.
There we go. <laughs> EC dub. EC dub. Dub dub EC dub. Dub dub EC dub. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you're dressed as the uh, I, I see Sandman's first opponent. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the zombies here. <laughs> oh, I guess oh, you made it until I start playing WWE 2K22 and make the zombie my ECW champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, I better, um, I better get, get my PlayStation and headphones all set up so we can do some stuff on your Twitch, eh? There's a taste yeah. of humans. <laughs> One day. All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> what are you Back still doing bed. here? Fuck off. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. Things. Alex has left me. All by myself. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Anyway, now that Alex is gone, let's talk about the footy on the weekend. Jeez, didn't the Bombers have a good win? Oh, did my <laughs> team lose? No, you're just still in finals contention and we're not. <laughs> oh, good. Yay! Carlton! Okay. <laughs> Enough randomness. Goodbye. <laughs>